Good afternoon, Endicott. My name is Megan. And I'm Shannon. You're listening to Flick Chicks on EC Radio at Endicott College. On this first Friday in November, we will be belatedly discussing Halloween. Movies, TV, social media, and what makes Halloween meaningful to us. You guessed it, we'll be going over this week in popular culture, including celebrity Halloween costumes, Andrew Garfield teaming up with Lin-Manuel Miranda, and the launch of the Jeffree Star Shane Dawson makeup line. And at the end of our time, Megan will give us a thorough review of Bridget Jones' diary. But first, let's go to Shannon with the update. So, this week of Halloween has brought us some real tricks and treats in the world of pop culture. (laughs) First, let's dive into one of the most exciting parts of the season, celebrity Halloween costumes. Yay! (laughs) While we may not have the budget or stylist to mend the perfect Halloween costume, these celebs certainly did. So, first off, let's talk about Kim Kardashian, who went as Elle Woods of Legally Blonde fame. She honestly killed the Halloween costume. I'm not a big fan of the Kardashians, but I think (laughs) she really smashed it. And she went the extra mile of creating Elle's Harvard video essay, Shot for Shot. Honestly, I respect that because that's absolutely something I would do yeah. if I had the money that Kim Kardashian In the has. resources? Uh, In the I time? She, she went ham. She went ham. See, honestly, that's always fun. Speaking of Legally Blonde, Endicott College is putting on Legally Blonde this year. Oh. So, I don't know. Is that the production? There. That is the production this Exciting. year. The spring musical. Come check it out. Yeah, check it out. Audition. The next up uh, Halloween costume I enjoyed was Sierra and her husband, Russell Wilson, um, stunted and easily one of my favorites of the night. They recreated the pink and blue suit look um, from Beyonce and Jay-Z from one of Jay-Z's music videos. They really smashed that. Uh, that up. Yeah, it's, it was beautiful. They posed in front of a picture of Michelle and Barack Obama. Oh, iconic. Yeah, and I think they both uh, fairly resemble the couple, Beyonce and Jay-Z. Oh, I found it. Yeah. Wow, that's nice. It's pretty cute. That's, yeah. Uh, Good for them. Uh, next up, Queen of Halloween, Heidi Klum, <laughs> was previously gone as Jessica Rabbit and Fiona from Shrek. Uh, she slam dunked on us with her <laughs> costume this year. I couldn't tell you what it is, but it's some sort of terrifying robot alien creature. Let's take a look at this. She has been teasing this costume since August, uh, when she shared footage of herself undergoing a body <gasps> scan in anticipation uh, for the prosthetics. What the heck is this? Yes. Okay, I am seeing this for the first time. <laughs> I have not looked into this. Um, let, let me try and describe to you how Heidi Klum looks in this picture. <laughs> Um, I'm gonna say mix of ogre, um, corpse, and like, oh, I, I couldn't even tell like you. Like a robot? Yeah, like sexy robot. Yeah. Like a dominatrix, is that what you Yeah, would say? it's really intense. It's very intense, yet her face still looks kind of beautiful. I, I read that it took upwards of eight hours to put on that costume, <laughs> so. I can't imagine being so dedicated to Halloween that you spend eight hours getting ugly. It's Heidi like, Ween. You know? Heidi Ween! We gotta, we oh gotta respect a queen when we see one. Oh my god, that's so funny. <laughs> Speaking of costumes that, you know, strike a chord, um, Gabrielle Union um, dusted off her Clover's uniform for the season, uh, re- reviving the dreams of bringing on fans around the world. Her and her daughter posed in the peppy green and yellow uniforms from 2000s that we Aww, all know and love. That's so precious. It's so cute. I, I 
as a fan of Bring It On, I was very pleased to we see love this. Bring It On. Yeah, I love when actors make callbacks to um uh previous to eras in their movies. lives. Yeah. Yeah, that's all any fan wants. Exactly. Is to see their their faves returning to their roots. Speaking of faves returning to their roots, uh, Jessica Biel dressed up as Justin Timberlake from his InSync era, and I'm sure her husband, Justin Timberlake, really appreciated <laughs> that one. I'm pretty sure I saw a headline recently that said, like, Jessica Biel found footage of her saying she hates InSync <laughs> from, like, 2003 or something like that, and I was oh my like, God. what the heck? Maybe this costume was her standing up to the presses. Maybe it was. Maybe it was their compromise so they wouldn't get divorced. You know, I love. I would love to know how he felt about it. Um, <laughs> I wonder if he had any say in that. If she just <laughs> she walked down the stairs of their mansion and was like, "Honey, and <laughs> happy he was Halloween!" Like, Are you kidding me right now? Maybe he dressed up as Jessica Biel for Halloween. That would be fun. I'm sure he didn't though. No, he definitely did. So, um, Kathy Bates, uh, a queen, dressed up as a werewolf, uh, but she ended up looking more like a cat from the Broadway musical cats oh my god the best part of her costume um are some pictures she took standing beside sarah paulson and angela bassett who attended the event not in costume (laughs) (laughs) oh my god (laughs) so she's looking very enthusiastic standing next to a completely normal dressed in all black angela bassett and sarah paulson uh i personally it it conjures the same imagery of the infamous (laughs) babadook tweet Oh my god, she literally looks insane. <laughs> like, oh god, they're they're literally standing next to her. Like, so she's got this like manic foaming at the mouth look. <laughs> and what I find interesting about her costume is that from the neck up, she's you know Halloween. She's a werewolf. Yeah, cat's werewolf. But from the neck down, she's just wearing some a, a little black outfit. A she had to keep black it. denim jacket. She kept herself contained. Oh my god, that's so funny. I think she looked great. Kathy Bates takes home my award for the night. Speaking uh, of cats, I have one more addition to these costumes. Oh. Jonathan Van Ness, I think, <laughs> dressed actually as a cat from Cats. Which, yeah, I respect the grind so much. It looks pretty much like the movie. Yeah, and I think, you know, like he... Like the new animated movie. He saw, he came, he conquered, and... <laughs> he did! He slayed. Obviously and he slayed, good yeah. For good for him. Go off, Jonathan Van Ness. Cute. I love you for it. Um, in other news, Andrew Garfield will be starring in a Lin-Manuel Miranda project. Uh, two of my favorite men who spit in the face of toxic masculinity <laughs> are teaming up, and I couldn't be more excited about it. So, Lynn is making a Netflix movie called Tick, Tick, Boom, which is an adaptation um, of the playwright of Rent's life. So Interesting. The man who wrote the famous Broadway musical Rent, and he died, like, I think a day before it premiered on Broadway. <gasps> That's terrible. Jonathan Larson, um, he is, Lynn is making an adaptation for Netflix, and I am very excited Wait, that's so exciting. What yeah. the heck? I am always ready for a Lin-Manuel Miranda project. Same. Nothing He can, can do no wrong. Exactly. Nothing could make me not want to see it. Um, and you know I love Andrew Garfield. I trust him. Amazing Spider-Man. All my fame. Yeah. I think... Uh, I'm not sure... Sh- I'm assuming Andrew will be playing Jonathan. Jonathan. Yeah. Uh, and I think he makes a great leading man. Maybe this is his chance to finally snag an Oscar. Maybe... That's so fun. I'm very I think excited. The, um, and the plot seems very interesting as well. I don't know anything about 
the playwright of Rent, but yes, I'm excited to learn. It should be a ride. Um, next up, the new Little Women poster dropped this week. Yeah, let's plug Little Women one more time. Um, this is less of a plug and more of a roast. Ooh. Uh, so I low-key don't love the main poster. It looks super cheesy. And I'm not alone. Twitter was outraged at the new poster. Um, it was very similar to the reaction of when the Spider-Man uh, Far From Home poster dropped. Oh, God. Is and- it this one? Yeah. Ugh. It kind of looks fan-made. It, it looks Emma cheesy. Watson looks so CGI <laughs> in this picture. Yeah, they right all now. look so photoshopped. They look super photoshopped. Um, Sersha looks like okay, like that's fine. But Timothy looks like glazed. Yeah. They clearly did some skin editing on them. Twitter and, was not happy. Yeah, I'm really not happy at all. And the close-ups just get worse. I mean, yeah. they really did Emma Watson dirty here. A lot of people are comparing the posters to that of, like, a 2000s rom-com movie. Yes! Like, some Eat, Pray, Love, or, like, um, Bridget Jones Bridget Diary. Jones Diary, like, Love Actually. It looks like literally all of those posters. And I agree. Like, Little <laughs> Women, try a little harder, you know? I just found a, um... <laughs> I just found an edit of the poster with Stuart Little on Oh Sir yes, Sharon's people <laughs> on Twitter were making their own edits. It was a lovely time. I oh highly suggest you go look at their the fan made posters. That's um, and also people are complaining about Timothy being on the main poster, but I think that's justified because they're saying it's a movie about women and he shouldn't be on the main poster. But Laurie's well, such a big part of the plot. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I get where it's, they're coming from. It's obviously from. about women, but Laurie's, like, one of the only not-female characters in the whole yeah. book. And he's part of the gang, so, so I think it's justified yeah, that he be on the, the front. And also, I mean, marketing-wise, you're not, you're not going to have Timothy Chalamet starring in your movie and not put him on the poster. I just found a poster that I think is fan-made, and it just genuinely looks better than the actual one. Here, look at this. Yeah. That's just... The the graphic Solid. design in the actual poster is just tragic. Uh, I hope they fix it. Maybe they'll release a new one. <laughs> I don't know. But speaking of cheesy rom-coms, uh, anyone else out there remember the Princess Switch Netflix movie that came out last Christmas? Uh, where Vanessa Hudgens had a twin who is a princess. Did you watch it? I sure did. <laughs> <laughs> is it getting a sequel? It sure is. Oh, no. I think I just saw this, like... <laughs> When I was scrolling through whatever streaming services, and I was like, oh, no, a Vanessa Hudgens movie? No oh, thanks. yeah. So, um, the movie is getting a sequel, and this film, I really respect that it understands how ridiculous the premise is, and it's really taken that and run with it. So, because what is the premise? Of the first movie? Yeah, can you, can you give yes, me the rundown? Yes, So, Vanessa Hudgens is, she's living in a small town with her and her, um... Her and her romantic interest, he has a daughter. Um, They're in a baking competition together. (laughs) (laughs) And they need to travel to the UK to have a bake-off. And basically... Uh, Because you can only have a bake-off in in the the UK. UK. (laughs) Exactly. And basically while she's there, um, she bumps into a princess who looks exactly like her. She has her face. Wait, so who who's produced this movie? Who's oh, this produced by? I do not know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, continue. So her and her Miss Princess, Vanessa Hudgens and her twin, they switch lives, um, and Vanessa Hudgens' princess twin ends up falling in love with her baking partner, and no. Vanessa Hudgens' Vanessa Hudgens falls in love with the prince. <gasps> so, so this is like a mix of so many things. So it's like 
reminiscent of Parent Trap. The Parent Trap, um, Barbie's Princess and the Popper. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking Princess Protection Program, Disney Channel Original. Um, There's a lot to unpack. And then, you know, it's like a Lifetime movie. I'm yeah. I'm still trying to find who, who made this. Um, well, you know, I hope the same director hops on the second film. Wait, 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 wait. This has a 75% on Rotten Tomatoes? It's honestly not terrible. Like, it's it's cheesy, but it's not terrible. So, it's on Netflix. Yeah, it was a Netflix release. Uh, It was released during Christmas. The second film will be released during Easter. So, you know, you and your family can sit down and celebrate Easter Easter while watching the Princess Switch sequel. Um... And the plot of the sequel, a third lookalike, yes, a triplet, is being introduced to the PSCU, Princess Switch Cinematic Universe. (laughs) Oh my god. So, you know, there's not much released about the movie yet. Darn. But Easter 2020, be on the lookout. I will be on the lookout. And if you haven't watched the first movie, Christmas is coming, boot it it up. (laughs) Boot it up, watch it. Sit down with the family. Yeah, that's my my next uh, watch, I think. Yeah. Um, And on to the final news of today. Shane Dawson and Jeffree Star's new makeup line dropped today. Yay! I'm not going to lie. I have not been catching up. up. Well, in an early episode of the podcast, we discussed the series, and the products the series is about are now finally available. Um, I believe they became available at noon today, or maybe one today? Hmm. I'm willing to take a guess that they have already sold out because I know many, many fans were quite excited about this launch. I mean, to be honest, I was pretty excited. I'm not a big makeup person, like, at all. Yeah. But, I mean, I love Shane, and how could I pass that up? But let's look at the price first. Oh, yes. See, The price of the Conspiracy Palette is $52, which is the main... <gasps> which, is not, it's not too expensive it, when you consider the quality. Bad, but... Uh, the mini controversy palette, which is the smaller version, is twenty eight dollars. Oh yeah, all right. Look, I've got I've got it all. Okay, Shane Dawson pink makeup bag forty dollars. Conspiracy palette fifty two. I'm looking at these colors. There is a bright yellow. It's the ugliest color on the palette, hands down. Yeah, that is quite awful. See, it's an interesting mix. I'm intrigued by how they um set this up because a lot of the colors are very similar, but then like. They're not near each other, and they're split up by, like, these weird aggressive oranges and yellows. A big complaint of the palette was that a lot of the colors aren't realistic enough to to wear everyday life. Yeah, but I think that's very Jeffree Star. It's very Jeffree Star, very Shane Dawson. The mini controversy palette, though, that's pretty cute. It's cute, but they're all very... Oh, they're sold out? Yeah. Both of them? Yeah, both palettes are sold out. Oh, wow. And they were released earlier, like, two hours ago, and they're already sold out. Wow, I like the names though. See, yeah, this mini controversy palette. The the colors are nice. I like cry on my couch. Mm. Um, I also like my boyfriend's purse, <laughs> and my apology. That's those are cute. Yeah, I think a lot of people bought them just off the Shane Dawson brand and them having Shane. Well, Dawson. absolutely, and I mean that's why he he's been so successful is cause, not because of the makeup. It's because of him. And uh, honestly, what a genius like marketing campaign on their part to have fans watch multiple hour-long videos that are basically just ads for the palette oh yeah that's genius See, and then there's even more stuff that's been sold out um, there were liquid lipsticks there was a lip gloss, yeah, lip gloss pig makeup mirrors yeah the, the pig makeup mirrors have been sold out a bunch of the bags have been sold out i'm on the morph 
Morphe website right now. Yeah, they, but. most of their stuff, if not all, has been sold out. He looks so good in these campaign pictures. They also. really went all out, and I, I respect the grind, boys, I do. Honestly, yeah, if I was in his position, I would not hesitate in doing the same thing. Yeah. So, congratulations, Shane. Congratulations, Jeffrey. I know Shane was afraid they wouldn't sell out, but, but it's been two hours, and they've sold, and they've out. sold out. So, you know, congratulations. Uh... And that wraps up our week in pop culture. This week's topic, uh, Halloween. Sorry, let me let me give you my great title: the boos and don'ts of Halloween. Yes. Um. So we've talked about movies a lot. A lot. Horror movies, Tim Burton movies, slashers, but we still have room for more. There's always room for more. So let's discuss some Halloween movies. Let's start with Halloween Town. Me and Shannon, while we were unknowingly <laughs> off the air, discussed Halloween Town a little. She does not know about the sequels. I wasn't aware there were sequels. Well, there are. When were they released? Like, do you know like how... Like, right after. I or, do not recall. Like, a year or two after. Let and, me look. You know, Marnie got a little older. The brother got a little cuter. Oh. Um, The high school one is certainly the best, in my opinion. The third one. Um, The fourth one stars another girl that is not the original Marnie, so we don't talk about it. Well, how do they get back to Halloween Town, though? Isn't that, like, a once in a, like... Oh, no. You take the bus, and you go back and forth. Oh, because it's their grandma, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man. I gotta... I gotta watch these. Uh, you do? I'm kind of upset. They're I've only ever good. seen the first one. Well, they're... Oh, the, the later ones are even better. There's romance. Ooh. Teenage angst. I will have to check them out. All the things we love. Uh, nothing hits quite like a monster romance. Never. <laughs> uh, warm bodies. Have you ever seen uh, Zombies, the DCOM original? No. Oh, it came out very recently. <laughs> well, I'll add to I'm my list. I'm embarrassed to see, say that I've the, watched some of it. The thing that's unfortunate about Halloween content, though, is you can't really watch it when it's not Halloween because you feel weird. A little bit. I will say, this Zombies movie, I think we should watch together. And we sh- it, that is not even a Halloween movie. Oh, God. If anyone listening knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> right. um, all right. Also, let's talk Hocus Pocus. Hocus Pocus is a very important movie. Uh, our very first episode, I think we, we highlighted Hocus Pocus as yes. one of the first movies we ever watched together in eighth grade SSR. Miss Matarazzo's SSR. Yeah, shout, shout out Miss Matarazzo. <laughs> I think her name has changed now. Yeah, she her name's changed, but she's always Miss Matarazzo to me. Um, yeah, I mean... What what is there to be said about Hocus Pocus? But it doesn't say for itself. Yeah, exactly. The the sisters, the Sanderson sisters, Salem, Massachusetts. We've got a California boy that doesn't believe in Halloween. I mean, what else could you I want? I mean, Hocus Pocus is really a movie frozen in time too. Like absolutely. Walk into any spirit store today, or like or any Halloween store, there will be Hocus Pocus merch. Absolutely, and you know. What I really loved about Hocus Pocus, so this movie freaked me out as a child because everything freaked me out as a child. Let's talk about Thackeray Binks for a minute. Thackeray Binks. Thackeray Binks. So the actor for young Thackeray Binks when he was a human was the guy who plays McGee in NCIS. I could not oh. tell you his name. but I did not know that. At that young age, I thought he was so cute. Thackeray? Thackeray. He was so cute. And, um... And then he turned into a cat, which is a bit unfortunate. You know, but it, I mean, I agree. How can you not, you know, fall in love with someone like, in an open-chested Victorian era a flowy white flowy pirate shirt. shirt, right? Like, yeah. wasn't he the most attractive young boy at the time? He he was back in the day. Absolutely, and so 
I think that's why Thackeray Binks lives on in our hearts. <laughs> Thackeray Binks lives on in our minds and our hearts. Absolutely. <laughs> um, so another uh, Disney original film, Twitches. Twitches. That was another movie that freaked me out. But, like, who wouldn't want a a secret twin and then you're both witches? Well, they were actually watching that in the Lower Cal today. Or, not today, a week ago, yeah. Wow. And I'm I walked by I and I was like, ooh, I remember, Twitches. I feel like I remember the second one way more than the first one. I must not um, have seen any of these sequels because I didn't know there was a sequel. Well, I think they all kind of blend together. Yeah. I think I remember the sequels way more than the first ones, but I remember seeing the first ones. Yeah, I think Twitches. It's a good time. Uh, I We love a good witch uh, Halloween movie. Yeah, that always made me like really sad inside because I wanted to be a witch so bad when I was a kid. Yeah, because they... I was like, wow, I want to do magic. And, you know, you can like turn on the light without getting up from your bed well, like, all you need to do that is a clap on, a, clap cl- off a clapper yeah honestly clap on, clap on. <laughs> shout out to my grandfather who bought one of those <laughs> um so our, our last movie or yeah the last movie i have written down right now is corpse bride which um, is a g- fantastic halloween fantastic film. movie okay and let's talk about this Johnny Depp is problematic, I know, yeah. but his performance in The Corpse Bride, I mean, who doesn't love a smooth-voiced Victorian nerd man? Yeah, Victor, he's the <sighs> ultimate e-boy. He is! Let's keep it real. The ultimate e-boy, that's so true. <laughs> Victor, um, have you also heard the theory that all of Tim Burton's, like, films are connected in the same universe? Oh, yeah. So, like, in Frankenweenie, Victor is younger Victor, and then mm. in The Corpse Bride, Victor is that Victor. Victor, Victor. And then Nightmare Before Christmas. It's, uh... Jack Skellington. Jack Skellington. I love that. I love that, you know? See, he was just so cute, and, you know, I feel the corpse bride. Yeah. I, too, just want to be married. I know. <laughs> you know, sometimes you gotta wait. Someone will put a ring on your finger thinking it's, like, a branch, and <laughs> you get per- you get engaged. And that's what happens. And that's what happens. So, um, another thing I would like to bring up about children's Halloween movies is I feel like many of them are quite niche. Like, if you bring them up, you do not recall... Like, other people do not recall. Absolutely. Because I have a Halloween movie, and I've been asking everyone today if they have seen it. No one has seen it. All right. I am one of the only people who has seen this movie. Um, it was called Scary Godmother. No, I've never heard Let of it. Let me tell you about Scary Godmother. I do not remember what platform I watched this film on. <laughs> I think I had to go out of my way off cable somewhere to find it. But it is the scariest animation I have ever seen in a children's horror film. Oh, really? It's straight frightening. And the characters are all so interesting. There's a gay skeleton. Oh. Yeah. He resides in the closet. <gasps> interesting. Which is interesting. Interesting <laughs> themes for a children's movie. Um, and I just would like to say... If you if you're out there, if you watch Scary Godmother, please contact me <laughs> please, and let me know. Please call into Flickchick. Yeah, and let us know. I couldn't have been the only one. Someone please. I, I hope you're the only one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on to TV. Um, who doesn't love a good Halloween special? Disney Channel was full of these. That's the majority of my knowledge of um, of TV Halloween specials. I watched one recently. Uh, the Sweet Life of Zack and Cody uh, had a Halloween special called The Ghosts in Room 613. Oh. Um, I don't know if you recall, but the plot was that 
Cody kept getting frightened by Zach. Zach kept, you know, scaring Cody or whatever. Classic Zach. Classic. So then London tells them about this ghost in room 613. And so there's a ghost of this woman who uh, was married to a man named Anthony or something that made pizza. And then he left her um, for another woman. And then she, like, threw something at her mirror and a piece of the mirror, like, flew out and stabbed her and she died and then so then they go into the room and like you know and they do a madness ensues yeah and so like the worst part was esteban getting possessed by the ghost supposedly they're doing a seance and he's leading the seance because you know he's the token ethnic character of course esteban julio ricardo (laughs) absolutely and and then he gets like possessed by the ghost and it was horrifying I don't recall. Maybe when I've repressed I was like this, but seven. I was horrified. Is it the sweet life on deck or the sweet life? No sweet life. Oh, then I definitely saw it. I must have repressed that deep into my, you know, painful yeah. memories. I don't know. That's wow. bad. Well, I think you know another big part of horror TV. You got to acknowledge the TV shows that aren't just an episode of horror, but a whole <laughs> series dedicated to horror. Of course. So let's talk Buffy. Buffy. So, I watched a lot of Buffy. I don't recall this episode very clearly. <laughs> However, the the Buffy the Vampire Slayer Halloween episode consisted of all of the characters dressing as their, like, complete personality opposites hmm. and then becoming those characters under some magic spell because, you know, it's that Buffy. That sounds awesome. Can you imagine? I'd rather not. <laughs> I know, like, That's walking terrifying. through campus and, I mean... Half the girls here would turn into white claws. Oh my god, how terrifying. <laughs> oh my goodness. That's like the episodes of Goosebumps where they would put on the mask and they couldn't take it off. <gasps> so frightening. Oh my god. Um, another great episode was um, the Rocky Horror episode of Glee. Yeah. Um, so this is not extremely Halloween, although Rocky Horror is Halloween based. But I just want to point out the soundtrack of that episode. It still hits different. To it this lives day. on. It is so good. Although you know, uh, today I watched a ep- uh, video about how Mr. Schuster uh, was a very sus teacher, and I <gasps> Don't think say that. <laughs> I think the Halloween episode of Glee really portrays that. Okay, um, yeah, but <laughs> but that's hear. a whole that's a whole new, another episode we can yeah, talk about. We that can, on. We can talk about that later. <laughs> I think we also have to give an honorable mention to shows like Friends and that '70s show that ran for like seven plus seasons where every season they did a horror like halloween episode i respect that always having to come up with a different concept a new, for each other. yeah a new idea every time <laughs> you know sometimes they get a little repetitive you gotta go with it yeah absolutely uh er, but earlier we were just talking about goosebumps staple in halloween content of course i can't say i ever watched goosebumps because oh, wow. once again i was frightened oh wow no goosebumps stemmed many of my fears that still last me to this day <laughs> <laughs> like one episode where a kid it turns into a dog and then <laughs> god forbid my the scariest episode of goosebumps is like a three or two part episode and I just remember this scene where this girl is in a phone booth and she's a pig. <gasps> and then, like, a bunch of people are chasing her, like, trying to kill her. It's frightening. Oh, my God. Yeah. I ate Goosebumps. It's spooky stuff. That's rough. Goosebumps is, like, the child version of American Horror Story. <laughs> <laughs> Which, uh, also, shout out American Horror Story. Yeah. 
Uh, honestly, yeah. I believe the new season is on air currently. Yeah, I, I haven't heard much. Lily Rabe was trending on Twitter the other day, but... 1984, right? Yeah. Alright, to wrap up this, this Halloween topic, we can finally put Halloween into the closet where it belongs. Just like the skeleton. Just like the skeleton. We're gonna go into just some social media Halloween trends. Mm-hmm. Halloween is just a precursor to Christmas. Let's be real here. Yeah, uh, well, you're saying that to a holomaniac. Ooh, So, uh, I don't really support that notion. See, I don't support it, but I know it's true. You can feel that way. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, Christmas is an afterthought to Halloween. Ooh, okay. <laughs> Op it. You know, I think Halloween is just so important but a lot of people have hallmarked it a little. Yeah, I think this Halloween has really shown me that it's either really good and creative and fun or just really terrible and boring. Because I feel like Halloween costumes have steeped so much in price that unless you're a billionaire, you have to home make something and that's yeah, kind of scrubby. Yeah, and some of the things I really hate, the white claw trend that yeah. I mentioned earlier, I can't stand that. Just a white t-shirt with, a, with a, something printed out, pasted on there. Like, it's cheesy. It's cheesy. Like, I love a good movie Halloween costume. Ooh, Are yeah. you surprised? No. Like, in, remember in Love, Simon? All their costumes <gasps> yeah, slapped uh, John Simon. Lennon and, and Yoko, Yoko Ono. Ono. Like, and then, like, iconic. Wonder Woman. It was yeah, a good time. You know, I was trying to be, um, what's his name from It? Oh, uh, Georgie? Name? Georgie. Hiya, Georgie. That would be I was going to be Georgie, but then I, I gave up. Yeah. But see, um, another good... Uh, movie Halloween costume, Mia Wallace from Pulp Fiction. Yes. I always stand uh, that. Jay-Z went as, um, what's his name, the guy? Oh, is John Travolta? John Travolta's character, yeah. Wow, I Is it that. Vincent? Vincent, yeah. Vincent, yeah. You know, I think uh, we have to not be afraid to make a goof of ourselves Halloween. Absolutely. Because a lot of people have turned to making their costumes, like, sexy, in, which I... Especially I, college students. I support it, but, like... Be Bob Ross, like be Pitbull, do something fun, like you know, go for Shave the gas. Shave your head, be Mr. Worldwide. <laughs> go three hundred five, Dalek. Like, you know, like don't be afraid to be ugly on Halloween. That's what it's for. You're not yourself. You're supposed to be something else. Absolutely. See, yeah, that's all that can be said about Halloween. So, let's let's close up this topic. Yeah, let's close up this topic. Um. In conclusion, Megan, what are your final thoughts on Halloween? My How are you final feeling? thoughts on Halloween are it's a great holiday. This year it went a little too long, in my opinion. Um, Halloween movies, unstoppable. Horror movies, still very frightening. <laughs> and I'm ready for October to be over. I think this could all be summed up in a Chrissy Teigen quote that said something along the lines of, This is the longest Halloween I've ever experienced. Amen. And I have to agree. This year it has really dragged on. And I think it's time we put her in her little grave to be undug next year. Absolutely. <laughs> Thank you. All right. To close, let's go to Megan with her spooky review of Bridget Jones' Diary. All right. This week I reviewed the 2001 classic Bridget Jones' Diary, directed by Sharon McGuire and starring Renee Zellweger. I don't Zellweger, yeah. I'm just going to say her name wrong the whole time. <laughs> Sorry, Renee. Colin Firth and Hugh Grant. This film was rated a shocking 81% on Rotten well Tomatoes. Deserved. Exactly. And grossed $281.9 million in the box office. Despite having more of a Christmas holiday theme, I thought this movie would be a good segue into November because we want to put Halloween away. 
So let's dive in. Let's start with the facts. For a rom-com, this film really breaks the boundaries of the stereotypical rom-com. Rom-coms as we know them, so cringy, so cliche. Some of them are, are hard to watch. It's almost Most unbearable. of them are Most hard to watch. Yeah, you really have to be dedicated to the romance yeah. to get through. But Bridget Jones does not disappoint. So, this movie is cringy at times. Mm-hmm. That can't be helped. I think that's part of a movie being made in 2001. Yeah. I, and watching it in 2019. Most Colin Firth movies have an aspect <laughs> of cringe, a la Mamma Mia. Um, yeah. You know. But I think <laughs> at the end of the day, they're all connected by the fact that the underlying structure is amazing. Yeah. I mean, it, it's outdated. But the writing is outstanding for what it is. And I think this is attributed to the fact that it was a novel first. Which I read. Did you really? I read, yeah. Wow. The novel was really good. Yeah, see, I think that's what really makes this movie stand out. Because the writing is just what what pushes it. Um, I also think the aspect of British comedy helps it a lot. Definitely. Um, another thing that makes it so good is the acting. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a lot of rom-coms don't have great actors, especially, like, the really, uh, like, B-list rom-coms nowadays that just get popped out on Netflix, like the, the, princess, the princess Switch. Switch. <laughs> I feel like even if they do have good actors, though, they don't look at it as serious. They're like, oh, another paycheck, like, Exactly. Uh. But this one has an A-list cast. Um, she, and Renee Zellweger is so convincing as Bridget. Yeah. So I don't, is she even British in she's real life? She's British. She pulled that accent she, off so well. She's from Texas. Oh, really? And she pulled off British so well. Wow. Hugh Grant is a very convincing, greasy slime ball, which <laughs> is hard to say, but it's he's so good. Yeah. And Colin Firth, yet another adorable, standoffish romantic. I, what else can I say? Yeah, there's no complaints with me about this no, movie. No, their acting is just so phenomenal. They just pull the writing off so well. Yeah. So let's talk about the romance. Just as we analyze the horror and gore of horror movies, we must analyze the romance of a rom-com. Indeed. I am a romantic at heart. I The majority of my, my movie repertoire is just weird romantic movies that I've watched as a child. So, I'm an expert. <laughs> anyway... So, I think the core of romance to an audience member is the attractiveness of the characters. And we can say, quite definitely, there's no problem with that here. When you think of a a typical British man, cutie, hottie, whatever you want to say, you would think of Hugh Grant and Colin Firth. Yeah, especially Hugh Grant, though. He's, like, taken the rom-com world by storm. I mean, they're in so many rom-coms. Forget Tom Holland. Colin Firth is who you leave your significant other for. Oh uh, yeah, it's just true. Yeah, honestly, true. yeah. Colin Firth, he's your, uh, he's your wonder wall. He's your wonder wall. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely, Colin Firth is he's the one. You can trust him always. You know, we also we love a love triangle trope. Oh. The tropes in this movie are beautiful. So without spoiling, uh, we could say there's two men. And she must choose, choose one. Yeah. Um. And th- with one of these men, we have an enemies to friends to lovers trope, which... Great trope. A favorite. A classic. Yeah. It never gets old. There's nothing like two people that hate each other so much, and then slowly they start to see that maybe they're not so different after maybe all. Maybe the difference between love and hate isn't so vast. Ooh, exactly. Um, let's talk about the kisses. 
All right, I'm going to be real. One of the kisses with one of the men, fantastic. It, it was so good. I See, I've seen parts of this movie before, but when this when this shot came, I was like, where did this come from? It was so good. Was it with uh, Colin or was it with Hugh? So it was with Hugh Grant. Interesting. Which is interesting if you know how the movie goes. Yeah. But it was so good. It was perfectly shot. It was just at the right angle, at the right distance, and it was just perfect. <laughs> wow. Because, you know, sometimes in a rom-com, the kisses are just not as satisfying as you need them to be. Uh, far from home. I'm looking at you, Tom Holland, and Zendaya. <gasps> oh, yeah. <laughs> and then the other kiss with Colin Firth. I was disappointed. No, I like it. The one at the very end of the movie. Yeah, I mean, the circumstances around it are good, but I'm talking just the shot itself and the, the motion and the action. I think the scene leading up to it, though, is incredible. Oh, it's very good. Yeah. I, I won't lie. That is Backed incredible. Backed up by Ain't No Mountain High Enough, an oh, incredible we'll, soundtrack. We'll get there. <laughs> so, lastly, I would like to say that the relationship between Bridget and Mark Darcy, also Colin Firth, is so pure and so good. I love a relationship that's a slow burn, and so it's based on all the small details and the interactions and the words, Yeah. and that's just what their relationship is. It's not the physical altercations with Hugh Grant, but it's the, the way that Colin Firth tells her, I like you just the way you are. Like, Aww. that gets me, Mark. and it, it goes throughout the whole film is those words to her because they're so meaningful and i think that's why this is such an important rom-com like you said like a jump in the traditional rom-com because she's a flawed uh protagonist yes. and he's saying i like you for your flaws yes it's it's just so oh god get me a man like mark darcy honestly like there's nothing better than your significant other being real with you like that like you you know he cares so in all seriousness Let's talk about the things I really, really liked. This movie did a lot of things really well. Namely, they developed a lot of the characters. Everyone is very distinct and had very witty, distinct dialogue, which I think can be attributed again to the novel. But, yeah. like, every character was very distinct and very funny. And, like, they all had some... Whether they had, like, one line or 50, you knew what kind of person they were by, mm -hmm. like, by what you saw. Yeah. Um... In particular, I really love the plotline with Bridget's parents, um, which is something different for me because, you know, as you get older, you see a little more things and you relate a little more. Um, it was such a funny plotline from the outside, but when you really looked at it, it was so genuinely sad and I felt so awful for her parents because, you know, they've been together for so long and then, you know, they're not giving and taking in the right way anymore. It's so sad. Um... All the parts where he says, she didn't even look at me, or she says, he wouldn't notice what I was doing. Like, that was so sad to me. Like, knowing that the person you love doesn't care about you, or you think they don't care about you. How sad is that? That plotline just got me. So when when that whole plotline ended and it, it turned out okay, I was really happy. And I was shocked at how much I cared about the parents' plotline. I was like, what the heck? Um, <clears throat> lastly, a big thing that Bridget Jones Diary does is it exemplifies female power. We've got some feminism going on. Oh, yeah. Um, so when I was doing my research, I, I read that the book was uh, kind of the start of the chick lit genre, hmm. which is like books for women about women being women, you yeah. know, just like, like realistic 
portrayals. Just girls being gals. Yeah, and I love it. In this film, you see Bridget cry and obsess and embarrass herself over men, but throughout, she works on herself. There's so many scenes where she's working out and trying to smoke less and trying to cook for her friends, and she's reading self-help books and doing all this stuff, and you see her, you know, after a bad boy moment, kind of fix herself and move on. It's realistic. It's realistic, and it's because so many rom-coms focus so much on the relationship that, like, it kind of indoctrinates you when your own real-life relationships to be like, oh, well, I guess I just have to focus all my time and attention on this. Yeah. But Bridget shows you that you don't have to. That's real life, man. It's so refreshing. Um, <clears throat> you know, Bridget was just trying to better herself, and I really appreciated that. I was so in love with that whole plot line. <laughs> It's something that you don't get to see a lot. So, my final comments. Um, so just some random things. I think it's hilarious that Bridget's friend Jude is portrayed as always crying in the bathroom over her boyfriend. When the actress playing her was moaning Myrtle in Harry Potter, who was a ghost that cried in the bathroom because a boy killed her. Oh my god. That's just like a really niche thing that I noticed. I wonder if they did that on purpose. I know. I was like, what the heck? Moaning Myrtles in another movie? Um, another thing I liked is Bridget's obliviousness during um, during the movie. There's, you know, a one relationship that clearly isn't very great for her, but she's just like, oh, he's taking me on vacation? This means it's love. And I was mm. sitting there like, Wow, that's so college. Like, he's using you, sister. Like, oh, get out. Um, if I end up getting a communications job as quickly as Bridget did, then I will be all set. She had absolutely no communication skills whatsoever, and she just gets a job as a reporter. <laughs> and she smashed it. She did, and I was just sitting there laughing, like, wow. I'm in college for communications, and Bridget just goes and gets a job. <laughs> I was like, wow. A working woman. Honestly. Um, the soundtrack, as Shayna mentioned before, was so good. It's really good. It was so good. I mean, it started with Can't Take My Eyes Off You, which yeah. I found very ironic. All by myself. It's raining men. That ain't no mountain high That enough. It's raining men. Uh, that scene, one of the best in rom-com Iconic. history. It's so in my good. So good. So good. And lastly, I can't really remember any quotes, and if I did, I'd have to explain them, and it wouldn't be funny, and you'd just feel uncomfortable. <laughs> but a couple that I, I mentioned, the one where Colin Frith says, I like you very much, just as you are, that hits diff. And then lastly, uh, Bridget's at, at a dinner party with all these couples, and one of the people says, yes, why are there so many unmarried women in their 30s, Bridget? Ooh, call her And out. I was like... I gasped. I was like, the audacity. Like, that hurts. That dinner scene is like a nightmare scenario. (laughs) I know. So, yeah. In conclusion, I give Bridget Jones' Diary a 3.5 stars out of 5. Definitely a bit outdated. Secondhand embarrassment inducing. (laughs) But still, it's inspiring. It's enjoyable. I can't say it's Oscar-worthy, you know. But (laughs) I... the time period. Yeah. She was decent. I really enjoyed it. Um, it's a classic. It is. So that's all. Tune in next week when we discuss space movies and the hot astronauts they send there. We'll be here Friday at 2.30 on EC Radio. We're the Flick Chicks, and we hope you have a good night. Take it away, Frankie.